You're listening to The Room Block Podcast, a series of conversations with compelling professionals from the world of events and hospitality. I'm your host, Jen Salerno. I've spent the last 20 years in different facets of the industry, working alongside a variety of people that have one common goal, to serve our customers by creating memorable experiences. Now, I want to share with you the passions, inspirations, and challenges of the individuals who make it happen. In each episode, we'll hear insight and perspective from two guests that fill some of the many roles within this incredible industry. Welcome to The Room Block, and enjoy your stay. Hello, Room Block podcast listeners. Here we are, middle of October. The leaves are changing and falling, and it's been... It's been actually a pretty nice fall so far, I guess. We need to enjoy it while we can, especially here in the Chicagoland area, which is where I am based. But it has been a busy few weeks for me. Uh, This week, I am attending a virtual conference and actually my first podcasting conference. It's called Podcast Movement Virtual 2020. And uh, I'm normally it's not a virtual event. It's been going on for many years, apparently. And on one hand, I am thrilled to be able to actually attend it as a virtual attendee, because it might not be the kind of thing that I would have traveled to at this point in my life. But I do, on the other hand, really miss going to live events because Zoom fatigue is real, isn't it? I have read a lot of things lately about uh, virtual meeting planners who are having, uh, like they're saying that it's more tiring to run a virtual meeting than it is to run a real meeting. Shout out to you guys who are who are making it happen because um, as an attendee, it's also tiring. And I'm not even talking to anybody. It's very strange. It just gets tiring sitting in front of a computer. I know we're all feeling that, but on the flip side, the, the good part is that it's nice to be able to attend a conference that I might not have been able to go to otherwise. So it's all good. The other thing that's happening right now is I want to uh, throw out some news. About a month ago, I made a change to my timing of releasing my episodes. And you know, originally, I was releasing on a weekly basis. And then I realized that this format, which I adore, you know, having two guests per episode, I was sad when I realized that it was a little bit ambitious to do weekly, at least for me at this point in time. So I dropped back to an every other week release, which has been working really well. But I got to be honest, I really like podcasting and I like having the opportunity to connect with an audience and a group of people. So while it was a sad, disappointing thing to realize that I needed to drop back to an every other week release, it has actually proven to open a door for something new. And so coming soon, I'm going to explore with an alternate format podcast in my off weeks. So that means that in the weeks that I do not present a podcast with a conversation with compelling industry professionals, I'm going to be changing up the format and doing some little mini episodes of whatever I want. (laughs) Uh, That's the beauty of a podcast, right? You get to talk about whatever you want. You get to have a show however you want. So it's an opportunity for me to flex my creative muscle and to just see what else I can come up with. So 
that is going to be coming soon. Stay tuned for some announcements. I'll probably put it out there at some point on social media and let you guys know what I'll be up to. So let's go to today's episode, which is a conversation that is extremely timely. I really enjoyed connecting with the two individuals that I have on the show for you today. Um, It was a surprising conversation for me because it went to a really vulnerable open place and which I'm just thrilled about because that's, you know, kind of the whole point of having these conversations, right? Getting to the heart of a matter. And we did that on the show today. We have with us today Desi Whitney, who is Senior Vice President of Sourcing Operations and Industry Relations with HPN Global and co-founder and president of Emergency Concierge International. Now, Emergency Concierge International is a company that provides professional emergency services. Um, They're a full-service emergency management firm. So doing lots of work that relates to today's circumstances. And then we also have with us John Ayo, who is the Chief Balancing Officer of Travel Balance. And John is a health and travel wellness speaker. Some of you may have seen him speak before at some events because he speaks to a lot of industry professionals. And I thought that he was a great addition to the conversation today because as a speaker, he's also very much a part of live events and very much affected by what's going on today and can also contribute to the conversation as far as how to stay healthy. So today's topic, how to build a healthy event, really covers from John's point of view, how to make sure as a planner, you and your attendees are able to stay healthy. And Desi's going to chat with us about how you can make sure that you are planning ahead and laying the foundation for a successful meeting during this time when there could be some big challenges that lie ahead. She's going to help coach you through some of the things that you need to think about. So let's hear from Desi and John how their own life experiences gave them the tools to help teach you how to build a healthier event. Hello, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for episode seven of the Room Block podcast. I am here today with two guests that we are we're going to bring you a pretty interesting conversation, I believe. I am here with Desi Whitney. She is the Senior Vice President of Sourcing Operations and Industry Relations for HPN Global and also co-founder and president of Emergency Concierge International. Desi, that is a mouthful. <laughs> I can't I wait to hear I can't wait to hear you tell us all about both of those roles. And then we also have with us John Ayo, who is the Chief Balancing Officer of Travel Balance. So this is going to be pretty cool, guys, because we're talking about a topic today that is going to be a little different than what we've done before. Where I've tended to kind of have guests on and we kind of develop our topic as we talk, but I have these two guests on with something in mind. We want to talk specifically about preparing for the next step, basically. Um, We're talking about laying foundations for success for the future and as we move into our industry's recovery. So 
I thought it would be really interesting to have these two with us today because we're going to talk about it from two different points of view. Desi from the point of view of what she's going to tell us about her sourcing business and then John from a point of view of his kind of wellness perspective. So before we get into that too much, let's go back and hear the stories of how our guests came to be, who they are and where they are today. So Desi, would you like to take us through how you got into the industry? I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to contribute and chat, and it's uh, one of the things I enjoy most about every day, so thank you. And my story is actually pretty, I think it's kind of fun. It's a little bit playful. I was 19 years old when I first came across this industry, and I really did not know what I was doing with the world in my life, and actually didn't even know that this industry existed. I did not travel as a, a child or a family, so I answered an ad in a newspaper to work for Bill Kilberg, who is uh, HPN Global's current CEO. He was hiring an administrative assistant, and you know, back when people actually used the classified ads to look for jobs, right? And uh, went down and interviewed, and was hired initially to be that uh, you know administrative assistant position for his uh, company at the time, which was a hotel you know, kind of sales company. And then he transitioned to start HPN Global. And I have been along for the ride ever since. Wow. Wait, so you have been at the same company this whole time? Yeah. All right. Well, that is very cool. And I'm sure that you have, you know, seen people come and go and, and you are the, the rock that has been keeping it going for a long time. So that's very cool. Thank you. I'm, I'm delighted and um, have seen a lot of transitions, certainly the current time being the most interesting so far. And this opportunity has allowed me to, you know, let's call it segue into adding to my skill set, uh, starting the company Emergency Concierge International. So grateful for that. So that is a company that you just recently started because of the pandemic or as a result? No, we actually launched in 2017. And we, infectious disease response is a part of our package anyway, so we've just enhanced those services. And we started really, you know, I'm sure everybody remembers the, the Las Vegas shooting, and it was, um, you know, the Mandalay Bay and IMAX America was about to come into play. And actually, I'm in business with my husband, and uh, we're still married, so that's good, right? Oh, uh, that's a win. going well. <laughs> But I remember being scared, and uh, he was actually finishing up his master's uh, degree in Homeland Security from the Naval Postgraduate School, and he wrote his master's thesis on active shooters. And so we were having that conversation at exactly that same time when I was explaining you know, that I was scared to travel, scared to go to Las Vegas. And uh, we just, you know, things, conversations inside the home evolved from there. And we said, okay, we've got to do something with this. The industry needs a service like, you know, what we can provide. Wow. I did not know that, but that is a very interesting story of how this came to be. But it totally makes sense. And then today, <laughs> who knew how it would actually really come into play? So you were setting yourself up there. All right, excellent. So, John, how about you? How tell us about your your role and and how you got to be where you are? Boy, this is not a plan that I had uh, picked for life long ago, Jen. When I started, uh, you know, my undergrads in engineering, got an MBA, went to work at IBM in sales, 
uh, actually led a team that closed the largest software deal in the history of IBM for a billion dollars. And so I'm one of the top reps in IBM, not feeling fulfilled, asking, what am I supposed to do? And the answer was, I got sick. So I started going to all these doctors, thousands of dollars, scans and scopes. They said, it's all in your head. So I started going to chiropractors and acupuncturists, and they became my teachers and friends, got fascinated with it, went and got a doctorate in natural health in 2006. And about that time, I took a new job in IBM where I was leading a five-day sales class, and I was called a class manager. And what I did was I you know, would work with the facility to set up the breakout rooms and the food and get all the students there, and then I was the host and the MC for the whole week. I didn't know that that was called a meeting planner because I didn't even know what that was. So I'm still doing this under IBM, you know, teaching about databases and security and all this kind of stuff. And we did that class in 26 countries. So I learned the hard way how to stay healthy when you travel. So I wrote a book on that and uh, have been speaking on that for the last few years. Is you know, How do you deal with jet lag? How do you sleep in a hotel room? How do you not get sick when you travel? Because it's a big deal. And so I am passionate about sharing that with my newfound family of meeting professionals because uh, I remember the day I got that first, uh, I think it was an attachment of a PDF from a, a facility I was working with and it said BEO. And I'm like, what is a BEO? <laughs> so I'm looking at this and then I'm looking at the food and it had crudite on there. And I'm like, what is crudite? And then I realized <laughs> what that was. So I am not, I didn't have a uh, very simple, easy entrance ramp into this world, but I'm very thankful to have shared uh, my message of well of uh, wellness with a lot of meeting professionals for them because they travel a lot and are very stressed, but also for participants at events because especially now it's going to be very important that we take good care of them and teach them some things that they can take home. So are you saying that you left IBM and then became a full-time speaker and you know, kind of wellness coach? Kind of. IBM left okay. me. And ah. so uh, I had a chance to go pursue my dream. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know, what is so interesting about both of your kind of current roles is that they're both from these life experiences that happen to you, right? Like things happen. And as a result, you said, here's what I need to do with this. So which I think a lot of us are finding ourselves in that position today. So you guys just kind of got a head start. <laughs> of, <laughs> you of, realize of, how little control we actually have, Jen. It's surprising yeah. sometimes. That's true. And then I guess it's just however you handle it, right? Yeah. What you do with that. Well, so like I said, both of your situations kind of born from um, things that happened and, and as a result of some life experiences. So what aspect of what you do, do you find most rewarding? Or in other words, you know, how can your, how have your passions kind of contributed to what it is that you're doing? So I'll jump in and, you know, it's really interesting. And I think that it's evolved over the past, you know, 18, 19 years too, as I've grown up, you know, starting at 19 and not having any idea what this industry was about or what a Marriott was, right? And mm -hmm. learning and, and, and almost being shown, you know, who I am by the industry and by all of the interactions that I've been able to have with people. And I am super passionate about the one-on-one -on -one connection. I do love being together with people and I love having open, honest, vulnerable conversations. And I think that people somehow must understand or know that about me because I get into some conversations that I just can't even believe. And 
and it's, you know, and I appreciate that vulnerability and, and, you know, I share, you know, vulnerable details about my life to, you know, my personality and, and what I'm going through too. So that has been, uh, one of the, the things that I've enjoyed most. And then, uh, oddly enough, you know, just like John, I really enjoy speaking. I love being on webinars. I love being on a stage. I, I guess I kind of love the attention as I don't know if that sounds terrible or, or, or the give back component, you know, and being able to share things that I've gone through myself and, and hopefully help someone to maybe not go through the same things that, you know, but those were part of my experiences that, you know, basically got me here today. So those are one or two things that I'm passionate about. <laughs> yeah, my passion is just in helping people. I'm a teacher at heart. And so I satisfied that in sales for many years because teaching and selling are two sides of the same coin. And um, I was very thankful to have a job in IBM where I was for the last part of my career teaching uh, college new hires that would join the company. And I would teach them presentation skills and selling skills and other things. So as a naturopath, I love working with people to make a difference. And nothing lights me up more than for somebody to say, you changed my life by what you said. And it may not be just the thing I said. It's uh, you know, put them on a path that allowed them to find peace or healing or something like that. And so that's uh, what really motivates me and keeps me going in this. And, you know, as Desi just said, it's that vulnerability key. Um, one of the books that I read last year that just resonated with me is called It's Not Supposed to Be This Way. And it is a fabulous book. And unfortunately, it's a little too close to home. And I'm crying when I'm reading this thing. And one of the things she said in there that I think uh, I'm building a slide on and I'm going to put in my signature keynote one day is that... Um, Perfection intimidates and compassion inspires. So as a speaker, sometimes people look at us and go, well, you don't know my situation. You know how hard I have it. And if you can be vulnerable as a speaker and a teacher and let people know, I know what you're feeling. And uh, people can feel that, especially in live audiences, maybe even here. But it's a, it's a big deal. Absolutely. I mean, I think that when you put yourself in a position to tell your story, to have the vulnerable conversations or the hard conversations and to really let people in. Um, that's when understanding occurs. And that's honestly kind of was my intent with starting this podcast was to give people a chance to tell their stories and to explain how they came to be where they are today. Because I think that, you know, my thought was that when we all go back <laughs> or, you know, when the industry really is, you know, gets to be where it, it was once again, and I think it will, um, you know, if we have just a little more understanding of each other, and if I could contribute in a small way to do that, then great, you know, and you guys are both just explained that exact same thing, mm -hmm. that that's a very key part to why you're passionate about what you do. So thank well, you. You never know what people are going through when you see them. And so always be kind. And I've learned that, and I've, as people have expressed that to me this year, and uh, we have to do that with each other and respect people where they are. But just know everybody's fighting some kind of battle inside, and you may not know what it is because they can paint it with a pretty smile, but I know that smile. Compassion yeah. and patience all day long. Yeah. Well, so on that note, how would you say that you two have kind of changed the way that you are 
advertising your services or or sending out a message as to far as what you can do for your clients because i know it's a little different right now you know we've there's been things that have come out and say you know well be careful how you market right now because you don't want to seem like you are out of touch or don't have compassion for what people are going through so have you had to change how you have put yourself out there because of what's going on today it seems like there is quite a bit of that and a lot of, you know, let's call it even survivor's guilt and the awkward introduction conversation, you know, that we have with someone where they ask you, how are you? And you feel odd with whatever your answer may be. You know, do I tell them I'm crumbling in this moment? But, you know, as you mentioned, John, I'm putting on my smiling face. Or do you say, you know, I'm, I'm actually okay. I'm, I'm grateful for where I am. And that's been kind of an awkward, and you're, you're seeing a lot of content and education uh, as we're moving forward on how to approach people in this pandemic world and sales and marketing. And, you know, from the HPN Global side, one thing that we have been offering, it's not marketing, it is offering our service and expertise for free. Now, of course, we'd like to hope that a customer that we are able to help maybe uh, get into a better situation contractually by lifting and shifting or rebooking or something like that, that that would leave us in a, with a favorable relationship that they would want to use us moving forward, doing something like that for free, right? Certainly out of the kindness of your heart, hoping that it works out. And then from the ECI, that's Emergency Concierge International for short, because it is a mouthful, uh, ECI side, it's about really, I mean, just kind of leveling with everybody and understanding and, and targeting those pain points, which I'm experiencing in the industry that people don't know what they're doing now. I uh, heard the stat of, you know, 87% of planners have not yet had or hosted a meeting live and in person, and they're really not sure how to approach it. And so offering solutions, you know, being, you know, able to offer a fair price and expertise and just really leveling with people and being honest and, and open about that conversation is, um, you know, the, the approach that we've had that has been working so far. Yeah, I've been just doing my best because the, obviously the topic I speak on, which is wellness, you know, I do travel wellness and wellness. It's the same thing. It's just harder when you travel. So my topic is about boosting your immune system, staying well, uh, mind, body, and spirit, which is hard today because the emotional side is almost more difficult than the other. But how can we boost the immune system? So I have done many, many uh, complimentary webinars in the last six to eight months as I can to help people. Because, again, if you can make a difference, as Desi said, um, you know, you put good stuff out there and it comes back around eventually. So I don't really focus on that as much. I've been thankful to have some opportunities that pay, which is great. But my focus today is how can I help? Because, you know, the famous quote that people don't really uh, care how much you know until they know how much you care. And that's what I try and you know work on with all of my clients is just to let them know if I have information that can help you or your client's team or whatever, let's do it. If you have budget, great. If you don't, great. I love both of your approaches. I think that's right on for right now. And you're totally right. I mean, by being that that sound person with the, with the good advice and, and the helping hand, it will help people remember you in the future. They will think favorably of you and then hopefully will come back to you someday. Exactly. But so with that said, You've both mentioned you know, different ways that you're coaching people. Does your coaching clients, uh, John, you're coaching, you know, planners, telling them what they can do to help their attendees and that kind of thing. So what are some of the things you're telling them? <laughs> what, what do planners have to think about 
now or pretty soon in the near future to help prepare for the next six to 12 months. Right. Oh, goodness, it's just taking so long, isn't it? We thought we'd be further along by now. And it's um, it's just so it's it's just a new it's a new lens, you know, quite frankly, in our opinion. And so I like to lay the foundation when we're having conversations with planners on, OK, how do you plan this meeting now? And uh, I go I go to the, the foundational information from the CDC, which is, you know, frequently sanitized of high use areas, people, you know, hand washing and hand sanitizing and you know wearing masks and then physical distancing so starting with that foundation and then layering on all of the other components that are going to help execute a program safely and what a safety look like to that attendee base because all everybody's got a different risk tolerance and so when you're looking at that you know and, and you kind of aim for 100% effort and enforcement and accountability and you know right if you get 80% then i think you're doing pretty good because humans are hard to control and we've all got our habits and responses so some of the things that you know we're recommending are a completely different look at your agenda and flow of traffic is one of the biggest things to consider and you're hearing a lot of creative solutions about okay smaller groups which is great uh, but we'd all like to get back to larger conferences, citywide conventions and that sort of thing. And so looking at, you know, this new dynamic of space and how do we move a big flow of people safely without, you know, people crawling all over each other and just approaching it that way, kind of like this outside in perspective and just a, a completely different lens than we did it before. And also going back to that compassion and patience where this is new for venues too, and it's new for planners and we are uh, you know, we all need to be partnering very well and being very transparent with maybe what we're concerned about and what our issues are and, and questions, because we all got a ton of questions right now. So Desi, in addition to coaching planners on those kind of logistics, what about the, all the different rules that are in all the different cities? I mean, are you, do you have to pay attention to, you know, what is uh, able to happen in you know, Miami or what can people do in Chicago? I mean, is that's got to be another big thing you have to pay attention to. Yes, absolutely. That's something that we recommend when we when we have a conversation with a planner that they keep up to date on exactly what's going on in that destination that they're having that conference because things are evolving rapidly, some for better, some for, you know, maybe worse. You know, we just learned recently about a destination that has lifted the ban and is allowing their restaurants, et cetera, to be at full capacity. And so that's something to consider when you're bringing a group. Are you comfortable with that? Can, can you and, and the venue do it safely? And if it's a, you know, a conservative group that's very concerned about the virus, that could be a potential issue, right? So having those conversations and just staying up to date on what the local mandates are. It's, it's huge. Definitely. That yeah, is a lot to keep a track of and it changes frequently. So <laughs> it's, it's a whole new layer to the meeting planners already very intense job. Because <laughs> they need one more thing to do. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Well, so then John, could you step in and talk about some of the things right. that you might coach a planner to do, think about now and into the well, future? Step one is you got to take care of you. You can't run an event and you can't help others if you can't help you. So you've got to focus on you. And primarily that's a stress management game because that's what knocks down our immune system more than anything else. So in order for you to stay healthy, you've got to focus on you and make it a priority. So it's one thing to put um, 
you know, yoga on the calendar, it's another to make it stick when somebody asks if you're at that time. So that's what I do on my calendar is make exercise and meditation a priority. Um, quiet time is just so important. So focus on the meeting planners. I actually created a video that has a lot of immune system boosting information on it. It's on my, uh, I use a site called Kiwi Live, K-I-W-I-L-I-V-E.com, KiwiLive.com. And if you type in the word travel, you can access all my documents, videos. It's when I speak, I usually give that out to uh, help people as well. So uh, that is uh, one of the key things. And then when I speak to uh, the events, the participants, it's getting to them and to help them understand, you know, how, how do you make an event be as uh, healthy as possible? So one of the things you want to focus on, obviously, is feeding them good food. Um, one of the things that will knock down your immune system faster than anything else is sugar. So you got to be careful with the sugar snacks. I know people like it, but sugar, dairy, and wheat are three things that will really knock down your immune system. So if you can figure out a way to get like green smoothies in and sneak that in without any sugar, you're going to be hydrating your group, which is awesome, and giving them the phytonutrients to help them stay healthy. So I, when I speak with the, it, you know, meeting, meeting professional events where they have the, you know, connects and things like that, we're talking to them. That's what I help them with is how can you make your events more beneficial and healthy for your participants? And that's before and after COVID because it's still the same thing. You know, as a naturopath, I believe the body knows how to heal itself. If we'll give it what it needs, take away the things that are hurting it. So this is a... Uh, a theme that I, I hope is going to be even more important after COVID as people are more focused on wellness because, you know, the whole immunocompromised thing, that's why we are having such a problem in the U.S. with this thing is because we're one of the sickest populations in the world for a lot of different reasons. And that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> yes, it is. But you're right. And it's, it's a sad truth. But um, I feel like so many people because they have this maybe a little extra time, you know, a little pause right now. Um, it does seem like people are taking that focus on their health. Um, I, I certainly have myself. And you're so right about making sure you schedule that in. I realized that it had been several weeks since I had done yoga, which is something that I'm always usually very into. Um, and then I'm happy to say that the last few days I'm like, yes, no, just get up and do it. Like right first thing in the morning. Like that's yeah. the only time you can get it in. Get it in. It's important to schedule that in. So you're very correct. Yeah. I also, by the way, I wrote a couple articles on LinkedIn specifically for meeting professionals in this space. So you might check out some of those articles about how for meeting planners to stay healthy and then think ideas to help make your events more uh, wellness oriented as well. Yes. Thank you so much. That's great to know. Great resources for all. But so we're talking about from the planners and higher coaching planners, but if you two could speak to attendees on a mass level, what would you tell them to think about if they're going to be, if they're going to decide to attend a meeting or if they're just trying to decide if they want to attend a live event in the next several months, anything that they should keep in mind? Oh, that's a good one. Let's see. So, <laughs> well, first of all, I have to say, John, you know, John and I met uh, last year at a show and John, we, I didn't get to see your keynote, but obviously we had a great conversation and I still remember to this day you telling me about you're starting to feel kind of icky, no dairy, no wheat, no sugar. And I tell everybody I can about that just because I believe it and I've implemented that and I've had that experience. So thank you for that. It's a juicy little nugget. And, you know, from an attendee aspect, I would say reminding yourself that the attendee now is going to play a different part than 
than ever before in terms of attendee accountability. And, you know, we all should be washing our hands anyway, right? And have had done that in the past. And it's certainly no different moving forward. But, you know, I would say being sensitive to everybody and, and what they're going through. And they're, as we get to, to meetings, you know, back in person, people still have different opinions and perspectives on the virus as a whole, on how it spreads, on if they're going to get it or not, and what that looks like. And so one thing that we want to be mindful of is, you know, is somebody comfortable with an interaction? They've they've made the decision to travel and to attend a meeting, but they also might want to keep to themselves. And so just being respectful of people's space, if that's something that they're so desiring, you know, we've had people that want to sit at their own, you know, lunch table, for example, or that definitely, you know, some people are reaching out for the handshake or the hug and some people are okay with that and some people aren't. And so just making sure that you're respecting everybody in your space and kind of gauging them first before you make an interaction so as not to make anybody uncomfortable, you know, and I think that just being, once again, compassionate and patient with that whole process is going to, you know, make it easier for everyone as we start getting back to our normal pace. Such good points. And I mean, again, yeah, going back to that compassion piece and just remembering that everybody's got their own, like you said before, kind of risk tolerance or levels of what they're comfortable with. So it is really important to keep that in mind. But then also from a point of view of, flexibility, I would have to think, because, you know, some of these meetings that they might sign up for, I mean, I suppose, in theory, they could be canceled, <laughs> might mm -hmm. not happen, right? So I, I guess it's, it also comes down to the fact that just, you know, we just kind of have to go with it, <laughs> whatever, whatever <laughs> we're being thrown, we kind of have to just be ready to, to accept it and make the best of the situation, whether it's, being in person and, and having to wear a mask all day or, you know, a meeting is canceled and you actually can't go. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Gosh, I miss the hugs and the handshakes and all that stuff. I'm a people person. So this has been challenging in that area. But, you know, as I mentioned for the attendees, do the best you can to focus on your health. If you're going to go to an event and I recommend people do, um, you just have to focus on your health. And as Desi said, you know, the sugar, dairy and wheat thing is a big one. And we have to realize that when you look at flu season, because it's interesting how flu season usually starts around October 31st, kind of around Halloween, big sugar holiday. Go through the holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, and it usually ends sometime after February. Coincidentally, you know, with the sugar side is also the lower sun, because one of the biggest, best things you can do for your immune system today to protect you, um, not from COVID, but if you were to get that or whatever, is vitamin D levels which is you've got to get up into the 40s, 50s level. And that takes some time and effort. You either get in the sun and do it and have the body convert this hormone called cholesterol into, uh, or uh, not a hormone, but cholesterol into a hormone called vitamin D that boosts your immune system and or taking supplements. So there's so many things that you can bring with you. Be prepared. So as an attendee, you're going to an event, a bunch of different people. You need to have your stuff with you. You can't be in the hotel room at 10 o'clock thinking, oh, I feel like I'm getting sick and then go on Amazon and order something. You got to have it in your bag right there. So you got to plan ahead for that sort of thing. And that's probably the biggest thing. And then, you know, well, even bigger than that is the management of fear. Fear and stress just knock down our immune system dramatically. And if you look at what's going on today, it's just so sad to see what's happening in the world of mental health and overdoses and things like that. 
um, death rates way higher than COVID, way higher, and it's sad. So you have to keep that in mind because traveling with mental health challenges makes it even harder when you're sitting in a hotel room by yourself. So lots of things to consider, not to be a downer on that, but, you know, it's it's something that's real today and more and more people are aware of it. And, you know, here in Dallas, you know, we have the Cowboys and our Cowboys uh, quarterback came out and talked about depression and anxiety that he's going through because he had a brother that committed suicide. And it's it's a big deal today. And so I'm like, uh, you know, I'm going to bring up everything, Jen, because you told me to talk about everything. So it's not Absolutely. just about the, uh, you know, the supplements and the, hey, everything's great. It's it's tough. A lot of people are really struggling today, and we have to focus on that side. Well, and, and to go back to the vulnerable conversations, I mean, if, if we don't talk about these things, then that's when the problems happen. Yep. You know, it, it's, it's putting these things out to the forefront, making sure that people are aware that these are issues and, and you can deal with them and you should deal with them. And there's people to help you do that, like the two people I have on the call. <laughs> Mostly you're not alone. Mostly it's you're not alone. You know, I'm the only one. And look how happy Desi and Jen are. They're so happy and I don't feel happy. And they need to know, you know what, we're all going through some aspect of this in different ways. So it's that. So I hope that meeting professionals will incorporate different teachers. There's so many awesome mindfulness teachers and speakers out there that we can incorporate this to help people to be better as a result of this. Right. This whole I call this my pandemic retreat that I never signed up for. And so how can we use this to become better on the other side? How can we create events that are more compassionate and vulnerable and things like that? And so it starts with the, you know, executives and seniors in the company, if it's a company event. And then, uh, of course, with the speakers as well, which most of most professional speakers have this in them if they're allowed to show it or they decide to show it. Absolutely. Well, so since we've talked about going through, you know, obviously this very bizarre time and we've all had to adapt and, and learn to handle things in a new way and to take care of ourselves what would you say are your biggest takeaways from the last six months, things that you're going to carry with you into the future? Oh, my goodness. Well, for me, you know, it definitely has been the Corona coaster. Every day is different. And, you know, sometimes it's a good day and sometimes it's not as great of a day and learning that mental component. And, you know, when we first started going through it, I ramped up my, um, you know, therapy, right? So behavioral health sessions, having those conversations, they were virtual because that's what everybody did and, and talking about what I was feeling and what I was experiencing and, you know, going through that and, and being open and honest with, you know, I don't know what is going on and I'm not really equipped to handle this because I've never done it before. And so trying to put some new tools in the, you know, the tool shed or tool bucket or what tool toolkit. Yeah. Um, and, and just trying to focus on, okay, also my needs are changing daily and some days I'm able to handle stress and the sad, you know, things that might be going on in our industry and other days, you know, are different and it really just depends. And, you know, I'm, I'm so worried, John, I love all of the points that you brought up because from a mental health aspect, you know, our industry so many people have lost jobs. So many people are struggling financially. And then you take, you know, isolation and you put all of those things into the pot and you mix it up and it's a recipe for, you know, disaster and the depression and anxiety. And that's such a scary thing. And, you know, I, I definitely think we should be focused on that as we move forward. One thing that I have been exploring is my attachment to a specific outcome. Mm -hmm. 
for anything. And I did have to kind of go, okay, apparently I'm not in control. You know, I can't (laughs) control this. So what in the world, you know, how am I going to respond? And I'm better at that than others on some days. Right. But, but I, you know, I, I cannot be attached to an outcome that I can't control, but I can control my response, the way I'm processing my stress, how I'm taking care of myself. And that, that's all I can control at this point. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, I've got three things, three major things that I learned. And that's one of them is to start is just, I call this my getting my doctorate in surrender. And so trusting, just learning to trust the universe, trust God and know that everything's happening for a reason. And it's okay. Like you said, I can't control it. And I've dealt with that most of my life. And uh, I have come a long, long way in this last six months. So trust is one big one. The other big one for me was being able to value myself for who I am and not the achievements and the roles and the titles that I had. Going through several things now, losing several jobs and families and things like that. Who are you? And a friend of mine asked me, how does God see you? Right? And it's not at some title or some job or whatever role you have in life. It's we are valuable who we are right now. I am enough as I am right now. And that's something to remember for meeting professionals because so much of their value is tied to running a rocking event. And they're very, very good at it. And they'll do everything, sacrifice their health and everything to make this thing look perfect. And they do. But what do you do when all of a sudden there's no events and you can't you know, highlight those skills that you have? You have to realize that you're valuable and they will come back again one day. The third thing is managing thoughts. Uh, it's been a wild west in my head because there's nothing I can't overthink uh, as an engineer. So I've learned to really step back, be the observer, monitor those thoughts and allow them to pass and realize that I'm not my thoughts. And these are things I'm still working on today because I'm still going through this uh, storm and it's getting better every day. But uh, lots to share, and again, mostly just compassion and empathy for people that, uh, like you said, in this industry especially, so devastated. It's so hard, you know, speaking in the travel industry, it's so hard to watch the devastation with airlines and hotels and DMCs and uh, all this stuff. It's, it's really hard. But the awesome people in the industry, I know will bounce back. It's just time that we have to do things like this to help people where we can. Absolutely. And, man, Talk about an audience of people who control is such a major part <laughs> of their life and what they do. I mean, everything, not just meeting planners. I mean, all aspects of this industry, because we all know what it's like to put on an event or be part of an event. I mean, every character, every role that's involved with that and everyone is it's the control is the way that people pull these things off is being able to anticipate what's going to happen. What is the outcome trying to predict that? I mean, this is really throwing this industry for a loop, not just from the perspective of the lost jobs, but from the, just what's happening. So I feel like, (laughs) I feel like I'm going through therapy, listening to this (laughs) conversation, (laughs) which is actually, no, but it's so helpful, and I and I hope that it's helpful for the listeners as well, because it's just it's just great to hear people go through a similar experience that I'm going through. You know, when, when people talk about the Corona coaster and the way in the way that you can feel amazing one day and on top of the world, and then the next day, you know, you're just down and feeling in the pits of despair for whatever reason. You know, a news story and. It's a lot going on. <laughs> so it's understandable, but it's just, it's not normal. 
Yeah. That's a word we don't hear very often anymore, normal. No. That's the new normal. There's the new normal. Yeah. Uh, no new normal. I want to go back to a world. I want to go to a world that's way better than the one we left. And I think, um, you know, the seasons of life and just as we see, as we go through fall and winter and all those different things, just as, you know, so many different cycles through nature. And that's where we are as things must be destroyed in order to be rebuilt. And I think that's where we are now is destroying the systems and patterns um, that just no longer serve us. And we must get rid of those so that we can rebuild into a new world where there is more compassion because we're all connected and we're all trying to help each other. And we got to get rid of this stuff that's uh, standing in the way of that. Mm -hmm. Well, and again, that concept of destroying something in order to build something new also kind of goes back to, again, how you two, you know, developed some of the, the roles that you're in today or, or your companies, you know, it's just going again, a situation that was hard and then you, rose from the ashes and, and built something new around that. So before we sign off, I want to make sure I give each of you a chance to kind of just speak about your your services, your companies, you know, websites or anything you want to talk about um, so people can find you and understand who they can call because I feel like a lot of people who are listening are feeling what you're saying. So if they need help, what, how can they reach you? That's awesome. Thank you for that opportunity. And business, all business aside, if you just want to chat, I love to chat. And it doesn't have to be a Zoom or it can be a Zoom in your jammies or it can be a phone call, any of those things. And I clearly love to connect with people. So, um, but if we want to talk about business, you know, of course, I've got two offerings, right? HPNGlobal.com. You can email me at dwhitney, D-W-H-I-T-N-E-Y at HPNGlobal.com. And we can talk about um, sourcing business, moving, you know, things contractually, and then all of uh, those fun things that pertain to the, you know, logistical planning meetings, registration sites, housing, etc. And then on the other side, emergencyconcierge.net is our website for ECI. And I'm D Whitney at emergencyconcierge.net. And on that side, we can help with full-scale emergency planning. And of course, now we're offering, you know, COVID planning support as well. We do consultations. So if you just want to chat and talk about, here's what I'm trying, what do you think? You know, we're definitely here as a resource. So uh, yeah, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you for the opportunity. So I walk in a couple different worlds. So I'm a naturopath and I work with clients all over the world, just one-on-one -on -one with people to help with things like um, stress and pain, digestive issues, sleep, things like that. Uh, and people can reach me. My website is just J-O-H-N-A-Y-O.com for that world. And then the other side uh, is my speaking. And you can get there from that website. But my speaking company is Travel Balance, T-R-A-V-E-L-B-A-L-A-N-C-E.net. And so I love to come speak at events again to talk to people about how do you get through the chaos in life and speak about balancing in the storm is one of the topics. And then, of course, wellness and travel wellness to help people to be the best they can because when you have your health, anything is possible, but when you don't have your health, nothing else matters anymore. And people are realizing that now more and more. So I really would like to believe that the wellness topic is going to be of big interest in the years to come. It may not be right away, even though a lot of people I do webinars with today, but um, we need to really get people educated in this space. And, you know, the world of wellness is challenging because you see so much conflicting information from different sources and you have to look at, if you're getting your information from TV, you have to look at the commercials and see who's sponsoring it. 
and it's usually not the uh, carrot and spinach lobby. So I am here to represent not only the vegetables and plants of the world, but my two major sponsors are the Earth and the Sun, because uh, this is what we need. We've disconnected ourselves from this planet. I spend a lot of time talking about electromagnetic fields and what they're doing to us, and there's just so much. And unfortunately, there's not a lot of us that do this um, for a variety of different reasons, but I'm here to offer and share as much as I can to help people. And, you know, the way I usually close all of my talks is I lived it so you don't have to. And that's what I want to offer. That is so great. Thank you both so much. I feel like people are going to be calling <laughs> because <laughs> you're both you're both really offering services right now that are just so important to what people are going through. So thank you both. I really appreciate you sharing your stories and you sharing your expertise on the show. Um, thank you both so much for being on. This was a great conversation. Yeah, thank you, Jen. It was an honor to be here with you and Desi. Yeah, John, you too. Thank you again, Desi and John, for sharing your knowledge and advice with us, as well as for having such an honest and open conversation with me. It was truly a gift to chat with you both, and hopefully our listeners found some valuable takeaways and reassurance that despite the hardships that we are all encountering, there are people like Desi and John who are here to help. Well, that is a wrap on episode seven, and I want to hear from you. Please send feedback, show ideas, comments, questions, and of course, interest in participating to me at roomblockpodcast at gmail.com or send me a message on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. Thank you for joining me today, and please remember to subscribe to The Room Block so you can continue to join in the conversation.